0: Section 80 of Curiosities of Literature, Volume 1. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Holly Jensen. Curiosities of Literature, Volume 1 by Isaac Disraeli. The History of Gloves. The present learned and curious dissertation is compiled from the Papers of an Ingenious Antiquary from the Present State of the Republic of Letters, Volume 10, page 289. Footnote In 1834 was published a curious little volume by William Hull, The History of the Glove Trade, with the Customs Connected with the Glove, which adds some interesting information to the present article. End of footnote the antiquity of this part of dress will form our first inquiry and we shall then show its various uses in the several ages of the world it has been imagined that gloves are noticed in the one hundred eighth psalm where the royal prophet declares he will cast his shoe over edom and still farther back supposing them to be used in the times of the judges ruth chapter four verse seven where the custom is noticed of a man taking off his shoe and giving it to his neighbor as a pledge for redeeming or exchanging anything the word in these two texts usually translated shoe by the chaldee periphrast in the latter is rendered glove chazabon is of the opinion that gloves were worn by the chaldeans from the word here mentioned being explained in the talmud lexicon the clothing of the hand xenophon gives a clear and distinct account of gloves speaking of the manners of the persians as a proof of their effeminacy he observes that not satisfied with covering their head and their feet they also guarded their hands against the cold with thick gloves homer describing laertes at work in his garden represents him with gloves on his hands to secure them from the thorns varro an ancient writer is an evidence in favor of their antiquity among the romans in book two chapter fifty five de re rustica he says that olives gathered by the naked hand are preferable to those gathered with gloves athenius speaks of a celebrated glutton who always came to table with gloves on his hands that he might be able to handle and eat the meat while hot and devour more than the rest of the company these authorities show that the ancients were not strangers to the use of gloves, though their use was not common. In a hot climate, to wear gloves implies a considerable degree of effeminacy. We can more clearly trace the early use of gloves in northern than in southern nations. When the ancient severity of manners declined, the use of gloves prevailed among the Romans, but not without some opposition from the philosophers musonius a philosopher who lived at the close of the first century of christianity among other invectives against the corruption of the age says it is shameful that persons in perfect health should clothe their hands and feet with soft and hairy coverings their convenience however soon made the use general pliny the younger informs us in his account of his uncle's journey to vesuvius that his secretary sat by him ready to write down whatever occurred remarkable and that he had gloves on his hands that the coldness of the weather might not impede his business in the beginning of the ninth century the use of gloves was become so universal that even the church thought a regulation in that part of dress necessary in the reign of louis le debonnaire the council of aix ordered that the monks should only wear gloves made of sheepskin that time has made alterations in the form of this as in all other apparel appears from the old pictures and monuments gloves beside their original design for a covering of the hand have been employed on several great and solemn occasions as in the ceremony of investitures in bestowing lands or in conferring dignities Giving possession by the delivery of a glove prevailed in several parts of Christendom in later ages. In the year 1002, the bishops of Paderborn and Monserco were put into possession of their sees by receiving a glove. It was thought so essential a part of the episcopal habit that some abbots in France presuming to wear gloves, the Council of Poitiers interposed in the affair and forbade them the use on the same principle as the ring and sandals these being peculiar to bishops who frequently wore them richly adorned with jewels fauvin observes that the custom of blessing gloves at the coronation of the kings of france which still subsists is a remain of the eastern practice of investiture by a glove a remarkable instance of this ceremony is recorded the unfortunate conradin was deprived of his crown and his life by the usurper manfroy when having ascended the scaffold the injured prince lamenting his hard fate asserted his right to the crown and as a token of investiture threw his glove among the crowd entreating it might be conveyed to some of his relations who would revenge his death it was taken up by a knight and brought to peter king of aragon who in virtue of this glove was afterwards crowned at palermo as the delivery of gloves was once part of the ceremony used in giving possession so the depriving a person of them was a mark of divesting him of his office and of degradation the earl of carlisle in the reign of edward the second impeached of holding a correspondence with the scots was condemned to die as a traitor Walsingham, relating other circumstances of his degradation, says his spurs were cut off with a hatchet and his gloves and shoes were taken off, etc. Another use of gloves was in a duel. He who threw one down was by this act understood to give defiance and he who took it up to accept the challenge. Footnote a still more curious use for gloves was proposed by the Marquis of Worcester in his Century of Inventions, 1659. It was to make them with knotted silk strings to signify any letter, or pinked with the alphabet, that they might by this means be subservient to the practice of secret correspondence. End of footnote the use of single combat at first designed only for a trial of innocence like the ordeals of fire and water was in succeeding ages practised for deciding rights and property challenging by the glove was continued down to the reign of elizabeth as appears by an account given by spellman of a duel appointed to be fought in Tothill hill fields in the year fifteen seventy one the dispute was concerning some lands in the county of kent the plaintiffs appeared in court and demanded single combat one of them threw down his glove which the other immediately taking up carried off on the point of his sword and the day of fighting was appointed this affair was however adjusted by the queen's judicious interference the ceremony is still practised of challenging by a glove at the coronations of the kings of england by his majesty's champion entering westminster hall completely armed and mounted challenging by the glove is still in use in some parts of the world in germany on receiving an affront to send a glove to the offending party is a challenge to a duel the last use of gloves was for carrying the hawk in former times princes and other great men took so much pleasure in carrying the hawk on their hand that some of them have chosen to be represented in this attitude there is a monument of Philip I of France on which he is represented at length on his tomb holding a glove in his hand. Chambers says that formerly judges were forbid to wear gloves on the bench. No reason is assigned for this prohibition. Our judges lie under no such restraint, for both they and the rest of the court make no difficulty of receiving gloves from sheriffs whenever the session or assize concludes without any one receiving sentence of death which is called a maiden assize a custom of great antiquity our curious antiquary has preserved a singular anecdote concerning gloves chambers informs us that it is not safe at present to enter the stables of princes without pulling off our gloves he does not tell us in what the danger consists but it is an ancient established custom in germany that whoever enters the stables of a prince or great man with his gloves on his hands is obliged to forfeit them or redeem them by a fee to the servants the same custom is observed in some places at the death of the stag in which case if the gloves are not taken off they are redeemed by money given to the huntsmen and keepers the french king never failed of pulling off one of his gloves on that occasion the reason of this ceremony seems to be lost we meet with the term glove money in our old records by which is meant money given to servants to buy gloves this probably is the origin of the phrase giving a pair of gloves to signify making a present for some favor or service goff in his sepulchral monuments informs us that gloves formed no part of the female dress till after the reformation Footnote. This is an extraordinary mistake for so accurate an antiquary to make. They occur on monumental effigies or brasses, also in illuminated manuscripts continually from the Saxon era, as may be seen in Strutt's plates to any of his books. End of footnote. I have seen some as late as the time of Anne, richly worked and embroidered. There must exist in the Denny family some of the oldest gloves extant, as appears by the following glove anecdote. At the sale of the Earl of Arran's goods, April 6, 1759, the gloves given by Henry eighth to Sir Anthony Denny were sold for 38 pounds 17 shillings. Those given by James I to his son Edward Denny for 22 pounds 4 shillings. The mittens given by Queen Elizabeth to Sir Edward Denny's lady, twenty-five pounds four shillings, all which were bought for Sir Thomas Denny of Ireland, who was descended in a direct line from the great Sir Anthony Denny, one of the executors of the will of Henry the Eighth. End of section 80. Recording by Holly Jensen.